friends. Thanks for joining the Women Speaking Truth podcast. I'm Galen, and I'm here with my friend Andy. Hi, Galen. Hi, friends. And today we are continuing the conversation talking about faith and excuses. Right, Andy? Yes. So, okay, Galen, could I ask you some fun questions first? Please. What are a couple of things that people wouldn't know about you? Ooh. So... First of all, how tall you are. Seriously. <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? Anyway, is so, your dad tall? My dad is tall. I'm 6'1". My dad is 6'4". Uh, my mom is... We call her short in my family, but she's 5'8", so she's not really short. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her brother is 6'5". So wow. it's like all... My entire family. Super athletic... Um, really tall. Yes. <laughs> my nephews are all huge. My sister's like 5'11". Her husband is 6'6". So like our entire family wow. is just tall. And the funny part about this, Andy, is that um, I'm actually taller than my husband. Yeah. So Right. I was like, going to... Uh, yeah. Okay. I went there. Does it's it fine. bug you? It, it's obvious. No, it really doesn't bother me. I um, love that about you, Angel. <laughs> and it doesn't bother him, which is amazing. I love that. I remember when we first met, I remember telling a friend, um, I met this guy, he's really cool, we have a lot of fun, but he's shorter than me. And she was like, really, Galen? (laughs) (laughs) If he's a good guy, who cares how tall he is? Okay, I've never gotten past that, by the way. I (laughs) always tell Andy I married him because he's, so I'm tall, I'm like almost 5'11". By the way, just this morning, my son, who's 12, passed me. What? He's got me by like a half inch, like legit. And I was like stretching up as high as he could. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. the rule in the house since he's been little is as soon as you are taller than me, you start paying for our dates. Now that it's here, I like renege. But um, Andy's gotten super offended over the 20 years, 19 years that we've been married because he's like, you know how um, disturbing it is that you say you only married me because of my height? I'm like, it's hysterical. It's not disturbing. I think it's funny. Thank I really you. do. He, I appreciate that humor. very offensive to him. And clearly that's not why I married him, but it really helped. Yeah, I don't think you would have made it 20 years. <laughs> right, thank if you. If it was just a height thing. Right. Is there anything else that we should know about you? Um, I, you know, I like to be really active. I feel like most people might know that about me. So I love to like work out, but I'm big into wakeboarding. Uh Um, and I just recently got into this, like it's an extreme sport. And, um, the first couple times I did it, I'm pretty sure I looked like a baby deer, just like legs everywhere, real shaky. It was rough. It took me a while. Uh, but it's something that I absolutely love. So it's become one of my favorite hobbies and things to do on the weekend. So just well, being around water is like just my happy place. And you broke your foot this I, year I or did. this uh, summer uh-huh. doing it. So uh-huh. there's that. Well, unfortunately not doing it. Um, we don't have to talk about how I did it because it was real <laughs> Oh, that's right. Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. But I, I get couldn't that. wakeboard for a couple of months, which I was pretty upset about. Yeah. So anyway, what about you? What should we know about you, Andy? Uh, okay. So, um... You know, surprisingly, I'm a thinker. I don't feel like a thinker, but I'm always surprised. And I know I'm an extrovert. I know I find whatever. I'm an extrovert. But the thing is, because of this stage of life, man, I am all about being an introvert is really where I get fuel from. So I feel like I extrovert, meaning I have energy to give and it does give energy. Like it gives me energy, but I give a lot of energy with people. Right. Mm. 
Therefore, I need my introvert time afterward to recharge, to have more energy to be around people, to give energy to people. Then I need to go incubate again. Uh, yeah, I totally relate to that. Yeah. I'm, people are usually shocked when I say I'm an introvert, but I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. People strongly argue with me that I am not a, an introvert. And I'm like, you know what? You're not the boss of me. Like, <laughs> quit, quit talking. <laughs> I know what I am. <laughs> right, exactly. Nobody asked you, Melissa Dunn. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so Melissa's uh, our ministry... Really, um, leader, I, uh, in Women Speaking Truth, give vision about where we go. She says yes or no to it, ultimately. <laughs> and then just assimilate. That helps us activate it. Helps us. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, implement. implement. Execute. Yep, she's, yep yeah. exactly. She's like our, our chief execution officer. Yes. Um, make sure we all stay on track. And just the two of you together are just so entertaining sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't argue ever. No, we really don't argue but we pretend argue just because it's like sisters. It's like we know how to get under each other's skin just enough to provoke. And then we have fun. We're like, okay, gotcha. And then the rest of the team just kind of sits there and laughs. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. Like we're really enjoying this. Okay. So getting into content. I can't into wait. where we're going today. This um, is a biggie, Galen. Yeah. This, this is, we're kind of wrapping up the past two weeks of what we've been talking about with faith and excuses. Um, so if you haven't been with us, we've been looking at Moses. Um, we've been in Exodus three and four. And as God was asking Moses to take this step into this huge calling of leading the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, um, Moses's first response is an excuse and then another one and then another Mm -hmm. one. So we've gone through his first four excuses in this conversation he's having with God. And I always like to mention this. In, the, in a burning bush in the middle of the desert mm-hmm. that's not burning up. It's like this strange thing happening, and he's having this conversation with God, and he's making a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm. So we're at excuse number five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked a little bit last week. We talked a lot last week about his fourth excuse, which was just that his own limitations of speech and not being eloquent, um, that he felt that that disqualified him. Uh, Mm -hmm. from stepping into what God was telling him to do. And so they have this striking conversation about um, God saying, you know, I'm the one who created you. I created your your mouth. I make you deaf or mute. Um, I want you to go and I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And so that brings us to Exodus 4, chapter 13, and it's Moses's final excuse. And, and, and uh, he responds to God after God says, now go, I'll help you speak. I'll teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. I love that he starts it that way. Excuse me, sir. Like, pardon me, Lord. I, I'm good. No, thanks. I got to go. I mean, it's like exactly. I, I got to take care right, of. Right, exactly. I'm hanging my laundry out there. Um, it's exactly what we say in our hearts. It's like, it's like this backing, um, scripture, by the way, would call it, especially in the new Testament, shrinking back. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm very excited about this. I am excited about this because there's a verse that talks about it is that not walking in faith is shrinking Shrinking back. back. It Uh uses those words. It's in Hebrews. Oh, by the way, FYI, if you're, if you're part of, um, the truth troop, which takes place on Facebook lives, 
at the Facebook private page called Truth Group Community. Literally, Galen, this is what we're talking about in January's Truth Troop, is how to become women of faith, literally in those verses, that God takes no delight, none, none, no delight in those who shrink back when it comes to their faith. And we're not just going to be talking about that concept, but literally what scripture says to do, Galen, I'm like slayed by what God's showing us in scripture. I can't wait. So that's like a quick preview. That's, that's our little commercial. Anyway, back to you, (laughs) Galen. And no, what I love about this, this is why I got so excited. I didn't know, maybe Mm -mm. I just missed it in our meeting. No, you haven't. I didn't know that we were going to be in Hebrews 10 Mm -hmm. and literally Andy, that's where I was this morning in Mm -hmm. these verses. Like, ah, I love it when God just brings those pieces together. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Anyway, so, okay, so this is what we do. God says, here, I, I will equip you. I will give you everything you need. You've got tools in your, your toolbox. It's mm-hmm. not about who you are. It's about who I am. Um, and we go, mm, could you send someone else? Mm. Have you done this? Galen, if there's one of these five excuses, mm-hmm. this is the one that I feel like I sign my name under mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, I know we talked about it, I think on our first podcast episode, Africa, that Mm -hmm. was just a very tangible example. You text me, ask me about going to Africa. And I immediately had this like gut reaction of, I don't want to go. Like it's going to cost money. It's going to take PTO. It's Mm going to be, you know, I, I've never really had a burning desire to go to Africa. Mm -hmm. And so why God would you ask me first of all? Mm -hmm. And secondly, can you just maybe ask somebody else? Um, but it was this sucker punch almost of like, I know I'm supposed to, um, but I wanted to get out of it. Yeah. So I was, this one resonates so deeply because, you know, I've mentioned a couple times on the podcast about a really big ministry crisis season Mm -hmm. I went through. It was just like in my adult years, one of the most painful, painful things for lots of reasons. So after that happened, uh, Melissa and I had lunch with a couple friends. Um, Literally, God had called me out of ministry some ministry associations that I was working with and, and doing things with were gone. Uh, I was not leading. I was even the manifested presence of God was gone. There was just, when I say lots of stripping away, I cannot emphasize that enough. Leaving just me, mm-hmm. just Andy Bruce. The problem was I had always I didn't realize the extent, oh, the extent to which I constructed my life to be Andy Bruce plus leader equals qualified. Andy Bruce plus having a best friend equals qualified. Andy Bruce plus Mm -hmm. a position, a role that is, has some responsibility and Mm -hmm. is, has some elevation to it equals qualified. There was nothing except Andy Bruce, nothing to finish the equation with. So, um, it was in that season, I was just frankly miserable, depressed, um, lost, like spinning. I felt like I was just spinning and chasing my tail because I'd never really known who just I was and that I alone was enough. I talked about that a couple episodes ago. So 
I have this lunch meeting with a couple friends, including Katie, who leads our truth groups and our journal. She's amazing. You guys will hear from her soon, we hope. And I leave that, Galen, with a strong, like uber strong, undeniably strong sense that God was, for the first time in a very long time, calling me to something. And I didn't know what it was, but it was so strong. I kind of had tears in my eyes driving home, which there was no emotion. When mm-hmm. I get depressed and not great, like my emotions kind of shrivel up. They, they don't yeah. do well. Yeah. I got home and I popped open my laptop and just started downloading this stuff just to get it out of me and thinking, Andy, you're going crazy. You're going nuts and you're making this up. But knowing either this is God and he's doing something and I kind of think he is or in two weeks, I'm going to look back and be like, I don't even know what I was talking about. You know what I mean? Time will tell Galen. This thing did not go away, but I refused to talk about it. And it felt like it was looming over me. And like, I was just trying to dodge it. I did not want to, because the last ministry thing I had said yes to caused extreme excruciating pain. Why would I sign up for this again? Right. Uh, Right. Thank you. What earthly reason? (laughs) Right. Except for God. And so my answer has always been, God, whatever you ask me to do, whatever you ask me to do, my answer will just be yes. Um, and I don't even want to know the thing. Mm. It's just yes. Um, and so it felt like the Holy Spirit was just reminding me, Andy, you've already said yes to me. And I'm like, oh, crud. Like, how do you take that back? And I'm like, I know. I just want to avoid it then as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So this actually, Galen, turned into the very, very beginnings of truth groups. In fact, I invited you hardly knowing you. I remember. There were 19 women sitting in my living room. And I thought, there's not going to be a teacher. There's not going to be a curriculum. There's going to be these kind of topics, I think, that we'll all look in and come back together once a month and just talk about what we learned from the Bible. No teacher, no leader, no curriculum. But what would happen? What could be the most fruitful time for just normal, everyday women who gather around the Bible with the least amount of structure? Galen, I could not have known that that those early days of God being like, sorry, baby, you've already said yes to me, (laughs) would put us here in my closet with many, many, many truth groups forming. Mm -hmm. Um, We could not have known that. But do you know the one thing that by far um, is the marker for that season? There was one statement I made repeatedly, Galen. Which was, I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) I mean, it it was this. It was, please, God, please, 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 please. Somebody else can do this way better than I can. Mm. Like, God, did you not see what just happened last time you asked me to do this? Like, crash and burn. Mm. Embarrassingly so. Like, and then I began to be like, leave me alone. Mm. And it was, honey, you've already said yes. I know, but just please, God, like, I'm not kidding. Please send someone else, please. Like, where's your mercy in this? And it just overwhelmingly was, honey, you've already said yes. 
And I look at that then, and Galen, it, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 times of saying, with all my heart, like, God, I'm doing you the favor. She, like, I'll help you find the other person. <laughs> like, I mean this. I'm, I'm trying to help you here. Send somebody else. So for me, this one resonates because this season that we're still in now with truth groups and women speaking truth began with this excuse leading the way. Wow. The problem was that I was serious. God, whatever you ask me to do. And this is what most days I pray, but it's true in my heart. Whatever it is, my answer will be yes to you. Galen, I am so grateful that the Holy Spirit did that pre-work in me of just, that's my answer. And it, it was true mm. for me. Therefore, it didn't let me out of saying no to him. I had already said yes, not even knowing months before. Wow. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And I look standing on this side of the season being like, thank you, God, you, you didn't send somebody else. I begged you to. Thank you for not listening to me, urging you, trying to shove you to send somebody else. So mm -hmm. this one means a lot to me. Wow. I can see it. I see the emotion. Yeah. It, it's a toughie. And what is it, what would you say is the thing, or is there a thing that got you from making the excuse, saying, God, will you send someone else to that position of, yes, I will do whatever you ask? Well, see, yeah, because it was the opposite. It was not having an invitation specifically mm. a, a yes to say something to hmm. that didn't come, um, go months and months and really a couple years before that, that's when this prayer started in me of God, no matter what it is next time, if it's go have a really hard conversation, if it's give a really big check and it doesn't look like we could cover it, if it's do something, bring her, the girl that really, I'm pretty sure to, she despises me and I don't feel great about her, bring her cookies because I feel like you're asking me to do that mm. no matter what it is. So for a couple years, God was already doing this, that mm. that is what a follower of Jesus does. He follows, she follows. Mm. So why would my life look any different? So this was already the mindset. I will say yes. No, not I will. I have said yes. Mm. And I mean it. Then when the opportunity from the Holy Spirit came, it was like, doggone it. Trying to get out. Mm. I had already said yes. I didn't know what specifically to, but I wanted to get out of it. God, I, you know, I'll do it, but please send somebody else. I'm begging you. Mm. So for me, that was the ticket. Otherwise, Galen... I would not have, mm. even knowing disobedience, um, disobedience looked far more appealing than obedience in those days. And what I hear you describing, what it's making me think about is Hebrews 11.1, um, where it talks about faith, mm -hmm. what faith is. And so faith, uh, Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Mm. And so it's this conviction that I don't know what you're going to be asking me to do, but in faith, I'm saying yes. That's tricky because those verses sound very romantic. Will you read they that do. one again? Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for 
and assurance about what we do not see. So for me, let me put it through my filter of where I was. I was confident that God was asking me. That was undeniable. I was so in unconfident about what the result would be. <laughs> I was never asked to have a result. Right. I was asked to go. Right. That I could be confident of. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like the end goal that sometimes I, you know, because we're talking about Hebrews 10 and 11 these days a whole lot and 12, I'm in these verses all the time. And when I read Hebrews 11, 1, it feels feely to me. Mm. I was at such the opposite side of it had feelies, but it, it was like, it seemed, um, intangible too far away from me but almost like people who have that kind of faith that you just read in that verse have this deep connection to God where he's like doing it all for and I'm telling you Galen mm. when I am moved and invited by God to take the big steps it does not ever feel like what I assume that verse is supposed to feel like like grand glorious sunshine like the white dove descending and sort of mm. this full assurance that feels confident to me, mm. the dove descending and people being like, Oh wow. There, he, there's the dove on the Christ. Oh, now we get it. <clears throat> right. Right. It doesn't feel like that. But mm. what I can say 100% confidence in is the call of God to me. Mm. Undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so funny. I love that you said that because when I read this verse, I think about, kind of where the rubber meets the road or where it has in my life. Mm. And so, you know, I've talked a little bit about this like really difficult season that I went through where my marriage almost fell apart. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know if I've, I've shared that with our friends, you know, that explicitly, but about six years ago, you know, my marriage was, I mean, we were in trouble. Mm. Um, we were separated. There was a lot of just sin and a lot of things happening and involved, <clears throat> excuse me, in that story. And so, you know, what, what ended up happening is we both, um, gave our lives to Christ, surrendered our lives to Christ. And then there was this journey, um, after that of I've said, yes, now is where the rubber meets the road where I'm moving back home and it's, we're figuring this out mm. of like, I don't know what else to do in this situation because all of our interactions had looked so broken mm. up to that point that we just like didn't know how to be married with God in the center of it. Wow. And so there were these moments and what faith to me looked like was I, I, I don't have feelings for this person anymore because we have become so broken in mm -hmm. this interaction. Um, this relationship, all of our sin that we've brought into it has just broken our relationship. And so what faith looked like was in those moments, I remember I would put my hand on Joel and say like, I don't really know what else to do. Like, let's just pray mm -hmm. um, because that's all I know to do. And so that, when I read that verse, that is that confidence of like getting on my knees before God in those moments where I had no words mm -hmm. and just brokenness and there was nothing that we could do to fix that mm -hmm. brokenness, that it was that action of getting on our faces before God and saying, we are placing our confidence in you to repair what we have broken so badly. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting take on this because whereas, you know, we're looking at the fifth 
excuse from Moses, which is just send somebody else, God. Mm. In my case, I was convinced that God could, and I suppose he could have sent somebody else. In your case, your marriage, on a very personal level, we're not talking ministry going. Mm -mm. We're not talking necessarily fulfilling the Great Commission. We're talking about moving from brokenness, from darkness into light, so that the Great Commission can come more fully through us, who else could he send, Galen, into your marriage? And can you imagine, like, I know the times in my very personal relationships, that is what faith looks like, is just bringing him in the best we know how. Because there is nobody else to send. It's me. Right. And that always begs the question of how much of God do we want in our family? Mm. Um, because I think from my experience, I get as much of God in my marriage, in my friendships, as I like invite, invite in. him in. Well, and I think that sometimes when we talk about calling, and so on this podcast, we're talking all about we want women to step into their calling. Um, the calling that God has for them. And sometimes we have this lofty idea of what that should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was interesting. I had a conversation with someone a couple weeks ago and, you know, her, her interpretation of calling was like speaking on a stage, starting a podcast, um, leading a ministry. Um, nope. Sometimes mm-hmm. the calling is mm-hmm. doing laundry. Sometimes the yeah. calling is being in your marriage and figuring out how to invite God into it more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the mundane, many times it's mm-hmm. the mundane day to day. So it's not Moses going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And we somehow think that that's a, a higher calling right. or a bigger deal. That's junk. And that's, that's just a lie. Yeah. It's in the everyday ordinary women that are inviting God into their calling as moms. Mm -hmm. I'm not a mom, but I see that. I Mm -hmm. see the women around me who invite God to work in and through them so that they can live out their calling as a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, That is powerful. And that is no less than Moses leading the the Egyptians out. Right. I'm sorry, the Israelites out of Egypt. You know, that is no less. And so I think that you know, this idea of us making excuses or wanting God to send someone else, it's very applicable to where we are as just like ordinary women. Maybe there is not some massive call on Mm -hmm. your life to go to Africa or whatever, but it's in the simple day to day where God is saying, would you stop making excuses about why this can't be your calling? Mm -hmm. And would you invite me into it so that I can work? Well, and you know, what blows my mind. It's not that then I fold laundry, uh, you know, my laundry does not look like calling, right? My Walmart click pickup, whatever you call that thing, doesn't look like calling. I'll tell you though, Galen, when I'm folding my laundry, praying for those babies to love Jesus in Mm. spite of their mom who is in ministries, many, many failures, that they would see God And worshiping Jesus, Jesus, you are everything. You are so trustworthy. Mm. God, you are critical. And I want my heart to find you right where you are. God, would you, I want to want you. That is calling. Mm. It's doing the mundane with God at the center, just like you're talking about with your marriage. Figuring that out feels Mm. like going upstream against the grain, Mm. like rubbing your fingers against the grain of fresh cut wood where you're just going to get prickles and splinters all throughout. Like it's not going to feel natural. Mm -hmm. 
that is faith in motion is doing the mundane things that are our responsibilities, frankly, for the glory of God. That's such an on-ramp into calling. Mm-hmm. And it's when we want to sidestep that and just, well, I don't have, I don't have the, um, the mental capacity to be so intentionally focused on praying while I'm folding my laundry. I mean, mm-hmm. it's even those little excuses that we make, mm-hmm. um, because that going against the grain, that rubbing our hand Ugh. against the grain, it hurts yeah. and it takes discipline and it takes, um, just that constant being on our faces in front of God and saying like, would you be in this moment with me. Yeah. Um, and that takes a lot of intentionality that doesn't come naturally. So what we're talking about is saying, we don't have to be women who just get locked into excuses about why we can't move in faith. Mm-hmm. That's not true. We were made by God, perfectly crafted to be women who are full of faith. He's mm-hmm. given it. It's a gift mm-hmm. for us to use. Um, so I love that this uh, excuse of please send someone else that we see that as the big lofty Moses types of calling. But for you, Galen, as you're driving to work, I know what your drives are like. You're either listening to Marco Polo with lots of conversations centered on Christ, yeah. or you're praying for all of your interactions that day. Mm-hmm. It's turning a mundane thing into a God fueled centered thing. This is the difference. I don't have to say God send someone else. I could just bring him into folding the laundry, putting the dishes away, disciplining children, Mm -hmm. doing Walmart pickup, driving Um, to work. And, and it can look so different because I've done it both ways, you know, Yes. the the days that I'm driving into work and I'm thinking, oh, for the love, I just don't have it in me to do what I need to do today. When you're wishing (laughs) that you get in a car accident so you don't have to go to work. Right. No, I, I, I've heard about people saying that. like, I really do love my job, I promise. But there are those days that I just want to make every excuse to be, to say, God, why? And I'm in a, a leadership role at work. And if it, it, there's just so much wrapped into that. And I just want to sidestep it and turn around and go home and, and not face it. And I make excuses. And so the days that I'm driving to work and I'm making excuses, I'm really tired. I haven't been eating the greatest. I don't have the energy I need for today. I've got a lot of tough conversations excuse, 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 mm-hmm. God, would you just send somebody else so you can let me off the hook for today right. versus the drive where I know that my schedule looks exactly the same Yeah, and I have tough conversations, but it's a drive into work where I'm praying or I'm listening yeah. to worship music so that I can feel in God's presence yeah. and know that that is going to fuel my day. Right. And so that taking, you know, knowing and having confidence that me spending that drive to work, listening to worship music, praying for my interactions, that is going to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. That is going to invite God into those moments um, in a way that focuses on what he wants to accomplish in faith and takes the focus off of my excuses and my inadequacies mm-hmm. and my want for him to just send somebody else. Right. Um, and so ultimately the bottom line is that faith frees us up to step into our calling, whether it's a big mm-hmm. calling of what we would think is right. a big calling or a little calling. Mm-hmm. Um, those are not the right way. That's not the right way to frame it. Right. But that is know, how we frame it. That that's is how we how frame God it. God <laughs> that's not it. how God looks right. at it. But it, faith 
frees us up to step into our calling. So it frees up that time. We don't have to focus on trying to prove ourselves or excuse ourselves mm -hmm. or justify our actions or any of that. We can instead choose to say, in faith, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on God. And in faith, I'm going to do what I know he's asking me to do and mm -hmm. given me the privilege and the opportunity to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to do it in his strength, knowing yeah. that he's going to show up. Right. Because the results are all about him. Right. And Galen, this can sound way overcomplicated. Mm -hmm. It's so small. It's, it's so small. God, I'm inviting you in. Mm -hmm. God, come. Like, God, I need you. Mm -hmm. It's those small things that move me from mundane, temporary life to an eternal focus on Jesus, which is calling. It's not complicated, but mm -hmm. it can feel like we can never do it. Mm -hmm. That's not true. So I love it. Hey, listen, if God's moving in you, we would love to know that we're super big on this hashtag. It's hashtag we X we O just like it sounds W E X W E O, which just means that we're sharing the stories of where God is intersecting his word in our everyday life. And we share those with one another. So you'll see Galen's We X We O soon. You'll see mine We X We O on social media, on Instagram, all those places. Find us at uh, Truth Group and Truth Group Community on Instagram and Facebook. We can't wait to hear your stories and share ours with you guys too. Until the next podcast, you guys. See you soon. Thanks. See you guys.